Welcome to the Dubai College Wellbeing Podcast. We are your hosts, the school counselors here at DC. This podcast is all about mental health. I am Sandra Gorman. I am Michelle Estacanchi. And I am Alison Kate. Today, we are delighted to introduce our speaker, Noor El Ali. Noor is an adolescent and adult psychologist at B Psychology Center for Emotional Wellbeing. She has a master's degree from Edinburgh in children's and young people's mental health. This has added and broadened Noor's understanding of human development and its importance in shaping one's adulthood. She has had experience as a school counselor as well as a private practitioner. She follows an integrative approach, provides bespoke treatments toward individuals' needs and cultural backgrounds, resulting in a collaborative process with her clients. Welcome, Noor. It is truly lovely to have you here today. Is there anything else you would like to add about yourself? Thank you for the great introduction. I'm honestly just excited to be here with you ladies and start our talk together. Wonderful. Um, Today, we we would like to talk a little bit about resilience and um, how that plays out in your work. Could you give us an understanding of what resilience is and what a resilient teenager and family might look like? Okay. So when it comes to resilience, it's about the ability to cope and adapt mentally to difficult and adverse situations such as stressors. What I like to call it, it's psychological flexibility. So it's not linear. It's not you either have resilience or you do not. Rather, it's something that develops. It's something that we nurture. And we nurture that through learned experience. So a resilient student may look like someone who has the ability to overcome obstacles that are in their way, even difficult ones. They often face hardships and challenges, example like changing schools, changing countries, trying to fit in. And it's key for them to learn resilience, as it does not mean that they will experience fewer struggles, but it means that they will be better able to handle these struggles and stressful situations when they come along. And how it looks like in a family is that they learn through their family who are coping with these adversities. So when I'm a part of a family that expresses, explains, you know, we're going through a tough situation, but it's okay and this is how we are dealing with it. So I'm expressing my emotion as well as providing the skills on how to handle them. Through that, the child, the student, the teenager learns how to, they themselves, work with adversities. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, no. Um That's really interesting because, um, like you're saying, it's not, it's not the lack of um, struggle, but it's also not the lack of expressing that struggle. It's acknowledging the struggles there, but then how do we, um, how do we cope with that? Why do you feel this is so important um, at the moment for our teenagers and parents? So the way I like to look at it, it's like the immune system. So for the immune system, you know, sometimes we say expose them to germs because we're building a better immune system. And it's the same way with resilience. The more they are exposed to challenges, the better they are likely to adapt to these challenges. So this strengthens communication, it strengthens our relationships, and it impacts our functionality 
positively because we all know that life comes with a lot of bumps along the road right so when we equip our children our students um, with the skills and the ability to overcome challenges we are technically lifting them up as we say it's a good development Mm -hmm. it also makes us more empathic towards others right so when i am aware of what is happening when i check in with myself i'm more in touch Mm -hmm. with what i'm feeling what i'm experiencing and that gives me the chance to say that others may be feeling this as well Mm. treat them you know with kindness Mm. now resilience is crucial as it allows us to develop healthier coping mechanisms right so as i was talking it's about this idea to check in right to see what am i feeling how can i approach this moving forward rather than avoidance Mm -hmm. and the build-up and the stress but at the same time i have to be brave and i have to be okay someone can notice what I'm feeling. Mm. So in that way, I'm dealing with it in not a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So, no, I think uh, what you're saying is, is, you know, in terms of these these healthy ways and unhealthy ways to deal with things, how would we know in ourselves and in other people um, what would be the identifying factors of low resilience? Um, How would we know that that's there? Yeah. And that's a pretty good question, right? And when we talk about the, so we talked about resilience having a healthier coping mechanism, right? The unhealthy coping mechanism would look as someone who look like someone who may be shutting down, withdrawing from social activities, from things they love to do, um, getting very anxious. There's a lot of negative self-talk you would notice that a lot. They are being hard on themselves Mm. because they have the expectation of, I have to be amazing, the best. Mm. And they get stressed easily. And this leads to, it could lead to the development of depression, anxiety, a lot more, Mm. um, you know, problems. And it's really comes from this notion of being hard on themselves. I feel like that is a very crucial element that you would be able to uh, see. Mm -hmm. But if you notice a student, you notice your son, your daughter withdrawing, sitting in their room, not really going out of the room, not wanting to hang out with their friends, all these things, those would be kind of a red flag Mm -hmm. of something is going on, let me check in. Noor, um, a lot of great points there, and um, I know we hear a lot about resilience in media and other places. What are some of the misconceptions, um, and particularly the harmful misconceptions that we may um, hold as a society or as people? Yeah. So the way I like to phrase it, it's this notion of resilience versus bionic right so people presume that resilience is this concept of strength but we have created a concept of strength that looks like someone who does not uh, speak about their problem someone who does not cry someone who just keeps going forward with life while carrying you know the big weight of life with them without asking for the support of others Mm -hmm. 
And what ends up happening is that they put on so much pressure. An example I could give is, for example, uh, one of the children in a household who is, let's say, the eldest and feels like I have to be the uh, big person, you know, I'm the big sister, the big brother who has to take on the family responsibility. I have to be the tough one. And what ends up happening is that they are going through adversity, stressors, but I cannot discuss this with my family. And why is that? Because they would think I'm weak. I should be able to do this and handle this on my own. Mm -hmm. And that creates a dilemma. On the inside, I'm in pain. I am hurting. And there is this way of reaching out to my support system, but I cannot do that. Because in my mind, resilience is strong, not speaking about anything, not crying, not being emotional, right? I shut off. And this creates a buildup in us. I like to use the metaphor of a Coke can, right? So it's like you keep shaking this can, right? Things are adding and adding and adding and adding. And you open it just a tiny bit, explodes, right? It's everywhere. And that what, that's what tends to happen because we are bottling up all our emotions, everything we are feeling, to the point that I explode. Mm. And how that explosion looks like is I'm irritable. I'm angry. Mm. Anything you tell me will trigger me. And I don't know why. And you don't know why. So there's a confusion. So we spoke about one thing that leads to this domino effect mm. of playing a role in other areas of your life. And what that also looks like is that it's attributed to my school grades as well, right? I have the high expectations. I can't focus. My mind is constantly thinking because, again, I have not reached out. I have not checked in. I have not done any of the healthy coping mechanisms. So I cannot focus in my studies. Mm. My grades may begin to drop. Mm-hmm. So those pressures really play a very big role. And that's why I always want to highlight this misconception of there is a difference between being resilient versus being bionic. Mm -hmm. And as well as the misconception of it's either you have resilience or you do not. In times of uh, struggles and difficult times, our resilience is lower. Because I'm going through a hardship. I need to check in with myself. I need to relax. For example, COVID, right? It forced us all to be resilient and adapt to the ever-changing circumstances. It was, uh, as I say, a collective trauma. So, for example, the shift to online, right? Where everyone had to adapt to that. Some parents are recognizing the efforts of teachers more right? Uh, Some people are more patient with others. And that's due to the fact that we were more in contact with our resilience. Mm. Because in those stressful times, we have had to face this adversity. And some days, we did not want to get out of bed. Mm. And that was the process. That is how we adapted. And that was fine. Mm Thank you, Mary. So you're talking about um, adaptation and you have mentioned a couple of other things. I just wondered if you could give us some practical strategies that our parents and um, and those listening can take away with them today as how they can increase their 
they resist resilience, sorry. So I think the first thing to remember is that every individual has different capabilities and vulnerabilities and different experiences, right? So the way we approach uh, our children, our students, always tends to differ. And keeping that is, in mind is so crucial because we have certain children and students who are more sensitive to adverse uh, to things that are happening, to the stressors. And we have others who are more, right? Uh, they're less, they're more sensitive, less sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and this goes back to even people in the same family, right? They have different vulnerabilities. They actually have different life experiences. And along this way is where they meet, may meet important mentors, such as their teachers and students who help them. And they may develop different friendships. And again, we go back to this idea that we need to recognize this child, this student in front of me. What is their particular need? Mm -hmm. Because it may be different than my other child, Mm -hmm. my other student. So checking in. And it goes back to this idea of this is something we're developing. So we're nurturing it, right? It's not something they have or they do not have. How we do that, right? So it's learning from experiences. So use what you have learned in your past to improve the way you handle the conflict and stress. How I say is our mind tends to be more on the negative end, right? I'm sure we can all agree to that. But what ends up happening is if a situation does happen, our mind keeps replaying that event. But we do not take from that event, what should I learn? Mm. It's just pushing ourselves down, right? It's that critical voice of, oh, but you did this wrong. Oh, you could have done better. Mm. But it's not, what could I have done better? And that's why there's a constant replay. Mm. So it's this moment of checking in, okay, this was not too great, but what could I have learned from this Mm. to better progress? Mm -hmm. And how that is also portrayed through learning from others. So from my family members, from my parents. As parents, they want to protect, right? Especially in such an anxiety-filled world. Their first instinct as parents is to protect their child. So when something difficult is happening with mom or dad at work, oh, um, we'll, we'll just, you know, when the kids are not around. But actually, what's happening is when you express to the children, when you express to your teenagers what has been happening, how you are facing Mm -hmm. this difficulty that has come along, Mm -hmm. you are instilling resilience in them. Mm -hmm. If we paint a beautiful rainbow butterfly world, we're doing quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Again, it's like the immune system. So they would have a weaker immune system because when adversity does show up, I don't quite know what to do with it. So learning resilience helps students as well learn how to process their emotions. So what we talked about, this idea of checking in. What do I feel, right? Why am I going through such emotions? And this can be given through the example of loss, right? When some I'm losing something, it does not have to be a person. I'm shifting schools, I'm moving to the next grade. There is a loss. 
Mm -hmm. I'm entering high school now. There's a loss. Mm -hmm. And there is no perception of grief. And this idea that everyone grieves differently. Mm -hmm. There is no right way. Mm -hmm. And why I say this is we are not meant to be telling our children, our teenagers, how to feel or how to, you know, feel what they are feeling. So it's this idea of checking in and checking how are you doing. And this may be done through talking to others about how they're feeling and being able to express themselves rather than shutting it out. And speaking to others, right? That's another thing that's very crucial. So it's about creating a support system to lean on. And I think we can all do that as a collective culture. This idea of the teachers, of their counselors, of their parents who show them, who check in. I'm here. I'm here to hear you. And also recognizing, don't ignore your problems, right? And validation. This exam was hard. And that's okay. But that's okay, not in a sense, come on, put a smile on your face. Because that's dismissive, right? It's this idea of, you did it. You know, you worked hard on this. You put in those hours. And this is what happened. But that's a part of life's challenges. You want to do better. You have another opportunity. You feel like this is where you're at. This is how you want to deal with it. That's also fun. So, and that goes back to this idea that it's important for children not only to see their parents, you know, regulating their emotion, but it's also about learning from interacting with adults how to regulate their own emotions. So that's a critical aspect of managing stress. And it's also an important aspect of managing our relationships with other people. And as well, when we make mistakes, we want to model learning how we deal with our mistakes. Because, you know, sometimes we have this notion of, okay, I did it wrong, so what? Defensive, right? And there's another approach to these things where, okay, you know, I am sorry hearing those words. I did not do this correctly, but I will work Again, we are modern. And for teachers, one way to foster resilience is to recognize and compliment students when they take responsible risks and challenge themselves. So even when we're not getting the desired result, we want to reinforce. So when a student speaks up to answer a question during Zoom class or during actual face-to-face classes, Even if the answer is incorrect or they're stumbling on words while reading out loud, we want to encourage them because they took the chance to put themselves out there and use their voice. Mm -hmm. We do not want to shut out their voice. That's really a lot lot for us to think about, thank you. Um, So we've spoken about these factors that increase our resilience and you've given us a lot to work with there. What factors might decrease resilience in ourselves and others and how can we safeguard ourselves against that? Okay, so this will be kind of the opposite of what I was just saying, right? So rather than supporting our children and the teenagers, we are questioning why. Why are you feeling this way? Why did you not do well at school? 
why are you not talking to this person? Giving them that environment of rather a different approach of calm. I'm here for you. You can take your time. What do you need? And again, like we said before, telling them that there's a way to feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You did not do well. Yeah, of course, you're going to be upset. They might not be upset. They might be pretty okay with it, right? Um, And of course, there's the notion of asking them what they need. Because what we tend to do is assume. Mm -hmm. We all assume what other people need. Mm -hmm. And that's a big kind of factor that could decrease resilience. Because when I'm assuming and telling you what you need, I'm creating this dilemma within the child. Mm. Because again, these are older people that I look up to. So I'm going to listen to them. If they say I should be feeling this way or I need this thing, that means I need and should feel Mm. this way. And another one is not checking in because they seem as though they are tough. They're happy. They're surrounded by their friends. Oh, I'm sure, you know, um, Adam is doing fine, right? He's all over there in the uh, playground with his friends, playing basketball. But in reality, something might be going on with Adam. And we have not checked in because, again, for the perception of, yeah, I'm strong. Mm -hmm. Everything's okay. I have to act like everything's okay because I'm trying to convince myself Mm -hmm. that everything is okay. And like we said before, hiding the adversities. We don't want to do that. We don't want to hide these things from them. Because we want to teach them how to cope. Because our notion is we want to protect them. Mm-hmm. But like we talked about, we are not really protecting them. We're giving them a weaker immune system. We want to strengthen them. So we have a conversation with them. And, you know, when a problem arises, just say, it's okay, it happens. That decreases resilience. Again, I feel dismissed. But I don't feel like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. I need my support system. So those are things that would be playing a negative role. And those are great strategies, I think, for parents and something to reflect on. So sometimes we know these things, but to be reminded of them as well, um, especially with teens, I think it's really important. We um, we often talk and link mindfulness to resilience, and um, just as a as we're ending our podcast on this question, just to think about some developing mindfulness as a lifestyle rather than just a tool and how that builds resilience. Could you just tell us a little bit of that to get some strategies to go on? Michelle, I love that you said that because that is a sentence I always use. Mindfulness is a lifestyle. Uh, It starts off as a skill because we live in such a fast-paced society that we have not learned how to check in with ourselves, right? To be present in the moment. Our mind is working in the past, present, future at the same time. And this is crucial because when we spoke about all the things that have to do with resilience, it was about checking in. It's about being able to contact the present moment and recognize, what do I need? You know, what do I need from others? What do I need from myself? What do I feel? which is something that's always easier said than done, right? And mindful people think it's 
this notion of just, oh, I sit and I'm meant to breathe and everything, you know, I'm meant to be in the present moment and everything's going to be okay. No, mindfulness is done through various different ways. You can be mindful when you're cleaning, right? It's this notion of, okay, my brain, there is so much, it's clogged up. I cannot think right now. I'm going to take a few moments to just walk away from all this rush and do something that I love to do. It could be listening to music. It could be cleaning. It could be yoga. It can be dancing. It can be exercise. It can be going on a walk. And it could be talking to someone I love. And it's a very crucial aspect because underlying everything that we spoke about, it's the concept of mindfulness. For me to even be aware if I'm being bionic or resilient or what I'm doing uh, when my child comes to me. You know, again, we live in a fast-paced society. My child walks into the car and I just uh, got back from work and I'm trying to get them uh, back to the house, go back uh, to my online work. And, you know, there's so much going on. I do not have the moment to recognize that I have not checked in and what that would look like. How are they doing? And there tends to be that guilt feeling as well with parents of, am I doing enough? When in fact, it's all about asking your child, what do you need? Because when we go through our assumptions, we think all our child wants is us to be around all the time, taking care of them. But when you go and ask them, they will tell you what they need. You know, I would want you to be there during this particular time. And when you recognize that, okay, you know, I did my part, I asked them, what do they need? And I did that. There's that kindness that comes from within of, hold on a minute, right? I'm not a robot. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, my child needs me. Honey, you know, I'm going to be with you. Just mom, dad needs a few moments. And I will be back because I'm, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and I want to be fully focused and attuned to you. So I'm going to go for 10 minutes and come back. Right? I'm giving them the timing. I'm telling them what has happened and I'm showing them how to step away, be mindful and come back. Mm-hmm. So those are always little things that play a role. But as I said, I am always very aware that easier said than done. It's a skill. So like learning the piano, as I always say, we do not learn it from our first session. We're not Mozart. (laughs) We need practice. And sometimes therapy is also a tool that aids in this development. Mm -hmm. I love that idea, Noor, of... um checking in with our children as opposed to the assumption and um, you know I think I might just do that today (laughs) go home and ask my children what is it specifically that they are needing today from me and I love that idea and to our audience we hope that you have all really enjoyed this informative and practical interview thank you so much Noor for joining us today Um, And we wondered if you would be able to let our parents know um, how they might be able to get in contact with you if they would like to do that. So as uh, Michelle stated, I'm working at B Psychology Centre. So if they just reach out, 
our website, you can just type in B Psychology Center and you would be able to just to clarify it's B E. Yeah. Capital B E. Yes. Psychology Center. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then our our reception our lovely receptionist Emmy will they can WhatsApp us or call our landline and Emmy would schedule a 15 minute consultation we like to have before we actually start therapy just to know what are your needs, what can we do for you. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Well thank you again. And um, we trust that you would have a good summer ahead. And um, Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you to you, our listeners, for taking time out of your day to join in our discussion about mental health. If you want to hear more, please stay tuned for our next Dubai College Wellbeing Podcast. And if no one has told you today, know that you are enough.